0: Hello and welcome to A Slice in Time with me, Linda, host of Widlims, what I didn't learn in medical school, a platform for discussing topics crucial to health, typically not taught, glossed over or approached from the wrong angles in medicine and public discourse. As always, you can follow me at Widlims on Instagram and Twitter and check out the show notes linked in the description or on lindadas.com. Do remember that anything discussed in this episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be taken as individual medical advice. This week's episode is all about cholesterol and optimizing your cholesterol profile because as I'm sure many of you know, cholesterol is one of the markers in cardiovascular disease, cerebrovascular disease and so on. We'll be going through what lifestyle interventions are appropriate and very helpful in reducing cholesterol levels. Of course there are drugs such as statins that can be taken and that pretty much every other patient I've seen tends to be on. Now statins are a drug, I have heard that dietary interventions if done right can be more efficient than statins but there certainly is a role for statins as well. They are not without side effects and this episode will focus on lifestyle interventions. I believe that for all conditions lifestyle interventions should be first line after a patient has made an informed decision for which they need to have all the options available explained to them properly. And if that's not quite enough, there is a role for medical therapy as well, of course. But that doesn't mean that lifestyle interventions should not still be continued alongside. I also want to say that cholesterol is just a marker for heart health. Please remember that reducing cholesterol will reduce your risk for heart disease, but it doesn't mean that heart disease will be absolutely prevented. The goal here is to optimise a person's chances of having a healthy life. Also for some, it might be enough to implement a few of these changes more loosely, whereas some patients with very long-standing cardiovascular disease might need to adopt more strict measures and use diet as a therapeutic tool if they really want some changes. And this has been touched upon in the episodes with Dr. Kassam and Dr. Bajekal fairly recently as well, which I recommend listening to. Also when it comes to cholesterol, some people will have genetic mutations that mean that their cholesterol is naturally low and that they're quite well protected from heart disease or their cholesterol will naturally be quite high, meaning that they are high risk even when implementing all these changes such as familial hypercholesterolemia, which I won't talk about too much but I just wanted to mention that as a disclaimer. So let's get into it. Cholesterol is It's a molecule that is needed in our body, has lots of different functions, structural functions, and it's also part of hormones. And hormones, of course, are important in our body. It travels in the bloodstream attached to different proteins. LDL or HDL, which stands for low and high density lipoprotein, respectively. Typically, LDL is the cholesterol that we don't want too much of because that takes cholesterol from the bloodstream and deposits it in the blood vessel walls to form plaques. The arteries get clogged up and the blood flow is impaired, which can lead to things such as strokes and heart attacks. HDL is the good kind. It takes the cholesterol from the bloodstream back to the liver for processing. And when people talk about lowering cholesterol, they're talking about lowering your total cholesterol and as part of that, lowering the LDL cholesterol. It's good to have a higher proportion of HDL cholesterol and most changes that I'm going to talk about will also help with increasing the HDL cholesterol. So we've established that cholesterol is an important molecule. In terms of where cholesterol can come from, it can either be ingested if we eat cholesterol-rich foods, or we can make it ourselves in our body. In fact, we don't actually need to consume any cholesterol because our body can make all the cholesterol that it needs itself. It makes it mainly in the liver. Having said that, there are things that can cause an unfavorably high cholesterol, and by that I of course mean LDL cholesterol. So starting with fats, this is something that I did not know until doing the Winchester Plant-Based Nutrition course last year. I essentially thought that dietary cholesterol was the most important thing to eliminate in order to drop your cholesterol. And there has been a lot of research saying that dietary cholesterol doesn't matter at all. It does seem to matter a bit. However, it does not raise total or LDL cholesterol levels as much as ingesting trans fats and saturated fats Does. Okay, so in terms of cholesterol raising fats, trans fats and saturated fats are more potent at doing that. It's still not a good idea to consume cholesterol rich foods such as eggs anyway, because dietary cholesterol can impact our total cholesterol, and many foods that are high in cholesterol will also be high in saturated fats, especially for animal products. I'm not even going to go into the whole egg controversy today eggs are not a necessity and sure eggs are healthier than donuts for example but eggs are not really healthier than tofu or some other legumes moving on to meat animals make their own cholesterol just as we do because we're animals as well of course so eating the flesh of another animal means that we will be consuming their cholesterol that they have made as well if that makes sense and there is no cholesterol as we know it in plant foods However, remember that plant foods can also have saturated fats. So going plant based doesn't necessarily mean that you will lower your cholesterol depending on what you're actually eating whilst being plant based, although you probably will. I'll talk more about this. Eating the flesh of another animal, that's something we do when we consume meat. Now, meat also has high saturated fat levels. And research has shown that even eating lean meat is not much better. So the best thing to do for health is to not eat any meat and to consume plant-based sources of protein instead. There is absolutely no reason to worry about getting enough protein at all on a plant-based diet. Please do some further reading which I'll link in the show notes if you are worried about that. I'll also be linking to a recent randomized controlled trial which was published in July 2019 which compared the effects of so-called red and leaner meat on heart disease markers. Their findings were in keeping with recommendations promoting diets with a high proportion of plant-based food, but based on lipid and lipoprotein effects, do not provide evidence for choosing white over red meat for reducing cardiovascular disease risk. And that was a direct quote. And this can come as a bit of a shock to people because I think that typically in medical school we are told to tell people to eat cut down their red meat consumption and to opt for leaner meat such as chicken but the best thing to do is to not eat any meat at all and I think that's something that we should be telling people so that they are aware of it. Finally carbohydrates. If you've listened to any of my other episodes you probably know that I am a fan of carbohydrates but of course a type of carbohydrate matters and refined carbohydrates and simple sugars such as table sugar and products that just have added sugar as opposed to carbohydrate-rich foods in their unprocessed form like fruits and veggies, can increase total cholesterol and increase triglycerides, which is another type of fat in the blood. So just to recap, you want to stay clear of as much as possible trans fats and saturated fats, as well as animal protein sources and refined carbohydrates and simple sugars in order to give yourself the best chances and that is something we should be telling patients so that they know what the science says and can based on that make an informed decision about what to do. Let's move on to talking about things you can add into your diet to lower the bad cholesterol and increase the good HDL cholesterol. There are some non-diet interventions which are equally as important and we don't want to just be doing one thing, we want to try and do all the things according to the six pillars of lifestyle medicine. So things that you can do with lots of positive side effects for your overall health include quitting smoking, not drinking alcohol, exercising and trying to lower your stress levels and live healthily and happily as far as possible in other aspects of your life. Which I know is more easily said than done and diet is often something that's a bit more easier to modify for people but don't underestimate the other changes you can make. Moving on to dietary things you can do, things you can add because that's what I like to focus on. You probably have a bit of an idea already about the type of foods that I'm going to talk about, but what we really want is an anti inflammatory diet which is low in fats and high in fiber, and the type of fat matters. So, we want to avoid trans fats, saturated fats, and foods high in cholesterol, which typically are foods high in saturated fat anyway, as mentioned earlier. And the fats that we want to be consuming instead of saturated fats. Are mono and polyunsaturated fats, MUFAs and PUFAs, as they're sometimes called, which sounds quite cute. These are fats mainly found in plants, such as in avocados, nuts, seeds, and some oils. But we don't need to be concerned about eating enough fats to make enough cholesterol because our body is very resourceful and will be able to make enough of it. So I mentioned earlier how animal foods are the only ones with cholesterol in them and then that's why some people might think that going quote-unquote vegan means that you won't be eating any cholesterol because there is no cholesterol in plant foods and you should be covered. But that's not quite true. Plant foods can have saturated fat in them as well which is much more potent than dietary cholesterol at driving our body's cholesterol levels up. Some plant foods that have quite a lot of saturated fat in them are palm and coconut oil, and they're best avoided if you can for health purposes. The really big thing that I'm very happy to say a lot of healthy eating guidelines, including those of the British Heart Foundation and the NHS, Recommend is a fiber rich diet, and only plant foods have fiber. So, eat lots of vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and legumes to get fiber. There also are some particularly good foods, according to an article I read by the Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine, which I'll link because that is a great starting point for anyone after listening to this podcast. These particularly beneficial fibrous foods include foods that are high in soluble fibers such as oats, beans and barley, soy products, nuts and foods that are high in a component called plant sterols, which include Brussels sprouts, sweet germ and almonds for example. And as well as opting for certain foods to help with lowering your LDL cholesterol, remember that you can also look at using alternative cooking methods. So instead of frying things in oil, you can boil, you can bake and you can steam. And cooking foods at very high temperatures in moist environments causes an increased production of ages, advanced glycation end products, which we mentioned in the episode with Dr. Bajekal. And they're also not good for cardiovascular health. So be mindful of that as well. So essentially, in order to reverse heart disease and in order to give patients their best possible chances at optimizing their cholesterol profiles, they should really be consuming a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet with lots of fibre and a focus on getting some good fats in from nuts and seeds and other whole foods. And minimising or completely eliminating trans-fat, saturated fats, meats and other animal products as well as sugars and refined carbohydrates. Do remember that this might be different depending on the type of person the stage of disease they're in and their abilities. I would like to ask you to please be wary of a lot of the general guidelines such as those by the NHS or the British Heart Foundation which I was praising just a second ago for talking about fibre. And that's because many guidelines will also recommend consuming oily fish as a source of omega-3s because omega-3 fatty acids are those unsaturated fatty acids. There is really no need to be eating fish. There's also lots of concerns in terms of it not being environmentally sustainable. And in terms of health, a lot of fish also is contaminated. And you can get the omega-3s you need from a plant-based diet as well. I don't want to get too much into that, but I just wanted to address it. And please read more about it in the show notes as well. And then a little bit about some other markers of heart disease. High LDL cholesterol or low HDL cholesterol are quite good markers, but they might not be enough as markers for future cardiovascular disease. In an individual with high LDL cholesterol, it might be useful to also know how many particles there are in the blood, so whether they have a lot of small LDL cholesterol particles or if they have few large LDL particles. And there is a proxy marker for this, which is called apolipoprotein B, but that's not something that is currently regularly used. And then having higher triglycerides is also something that's been associated with higher risks of heart disease, but most people with high triglycerides will also be people that are consuming more saturated fats and foods in general that also increase LDL cholesterol levels. So the approach for such people would be the same as mentioned. In summary, I just want you to remember that lifestyle factors can be incredibly powerful as therapeutic tools and in disease prevention, which we should really be talking about as risk reduction. If a patient has a long-standing problem, it may be necessary to very strictly follow a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. For the rest, it might not need to be as strict as that. Please also remember to take dietary guidelines with a grain of salt, as I said, especially if they recommend some meat or some dairy and sounding a bit unclear on it. In terms of diet, we really want to be focusing on reducing animal products as they are quite high in saturated fat as well as refined carbohydrates and bringing in lots of whole plant sources of fiber and also doing all the other things such as exercise smoking cessation and keeping healthy in other aspects of our lives i really hope that you have learned something new these definitely are things that i did not learn until fairly recently do check out the show notes there will be stuff linked at the top as well as weaved into a summary article and there are studies there are guidelines there's more reading to look at so please do check that out As always, I would love for you to give me feedback. And if you did enjoy the episode, do share it around to friends and family because that really helps get the word out. Follow me at Widlims on Instagram and Twitter. And I hope to have you back as a listener on the show next week. I hope you have a lovely rest of the day and thank you so much for listening. Bye.